Want to be the first to know when new Forces for Nature episodes come out? Sign up for the newsletter on our website, www.forcesfornature.com. You can find the sign-up link at the bottom of the webpage or in the About section. When you do, you'll also receive a free checklist of easy, practical actions for nature that you can start taking today. I can't wait to connect with you. Want to know how you too can be a force for nature? Head on over to forcesfornature.com and sign up to receive a free guide with practical actions that you can start taking today. I'm Crystal DiMicelli, and welcome to the Forces for Nature show. Do you find yourself overwhelmed with all the doom and gloom you hear of these days? Do you feel like you, as just one person, can't really make a difference? Forces for Nature cuts through that negativity. In each episode, I interview somebody who's doing great things for animals and the environment. We talk through the problem they're addressing, the solution they have found, what keeps them going, and we'll leave you with practical action tips so that you too can become a force for nature. Today's guest is Sharona Schneider, co-founder of Tuesdays for Trash, a homegrown movement that went global almost overnight. Oftentimes, it's really easy to feel like you, as just one person, can't really have much of an impact, be it positive or negative. However, Sharona is a prime example of how her choice to do something quote-unquote small has had ripple effects throughout the world. She and her friend Wanda decided to do litter pickups as their way to safely hang out and do something beneficial during the pandemic. Little did they know, so many others were yearning to do the same. Hi, Sharona. Thank you so much for joining me on Forces for Nature. It's so great to have you. Hi, Crystal. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here. So today I want to talk about trash and litter. This is an issue that those in countries with developed garbage collection systems might not see so easily, such as in the U.S., but even the U.S. is in the top 20 of all countries generating the greatest amount of ocean-bound trash. Do you have any stats that you can share with us regarding this issue? Yeah, in terms of trash, about 8 million metric tons gets dumped in the ocean every year, and that's just plastic. And you usually find that like cigarette butts are mo- among the highest items that are littered, along with plastic. And just like other miscellaneous items to get in their fishing gear, gets loaded in the ocean um, and discarded. And there's a lot of different things that we wouldn't necessarily consider to be trash that just end up on the ground and then get washed into the ocean. And so whatever you use and discard, it usually at its end of life at this point in our society ends up as trash. And if someone's not throwing something directly into the ocean or doesn't necessarily live right by the ocean, how does our trash end up there? Yeah, so most of the time it ends up in the ocean because it's on the ground and then the wind carries it or something like that. And then it rains and it ends up in drains and most drains actually lead directly to the ocean. Storm drains especially, like anything that gets washed down there leads to a water system and the water systems lead to the ocean. And so even if you toss it in a park and then it rains and it washes to drain, then that's usually how it ends up in our oceans. And unfortunately, just because we can't see it once it washes away, it doesn't mean it's gone. 
There are a lot of places that obviously waste contributes to the degradation of livelihoods and forces people to move, like in Jakarta. A lot of the waterways are completely polluted with plastic and trash, so people can't utilize the waterways anymore, so they have to move to different parts of the place. And it affects fishing and stuff. If there's a lot of trash in the ocean or bodies of water, then you're not going to catch as many fish because it contaminates the water. Stuff like that. So I think that it is all related in one way or another and way specifically affects communities and I would directly link it to the idea of more people and more communities having to relocate because of the waste issue. To me, it's actually funny that in this day and age, we even have a trash problem anyway, because I feel like everybody knows, you know, don't litter. But it's something that people still do all the time. And especially now, I'm seeing more and more like masks on the ground, which is just so disheartening. But you have decided to do something about it. Can you tell me about how did Tuesdays for Trash go from just a couple of you picking up litter to a whole organized movement? The way that that happened still blows my mind today. It's definitely something that we were hopeful for, but didn't anticipate to happen as quickly as it did. Most of the time, you kind of ask yourself, why do people litter? It's just, it feels like common sense that they wouldn't, but it's usually something out of convenience or like it flies out of your car. And unfortunately, most things that end up on the ground are plastic, so they last there forever. But the movement kind of started because... Myself and one of my really good friends, Juana McNeely, decided that we wanted to do something for our communities by going out into our university park blocks and picking up trash during the pandemic. There were no other volunteer opportunities at the time, so we were like, why don't we just go do this? It's a safe way to practice social distancing while also giving back to our environment. And so we did that, and it was just so fulfilling. So many people thanked us. We just had such a good time bonding doing it. So we decided to keep doing it every Tuesday, and I immediately thought of Greta Thunberg's Fridays for Future movement, which has always been an inspiration to me, and she started that just by posting on social media, like every Friday, her doing her thing and caring for the environment. So we were like, why don't we just do that with trash and encourage people around the world to join us? And it took off from there. We started one Tuesday and have been going strong ever since. It's been almost a year and a half of us doing this. Now we have eight chapters. We've picked up over 10,000 pounds of trash. We have people in like 20 countries pick up trash. So it's just kind of taken off in the best way possible. When did you realize that this this homegrown movement was starting to take off? I think we really started to realize that it was taking off when environmental organizations that we have loved for years and years started to support us, follow us on social media, specifically Kiss the Ground, and those kinds of organizations that we've always looked up to were taking note of what we were doing, and specifically Nikki Reed. She's an actress and also an environmentalist. She really just started getting involved with us and like loves what we're doing, and her believing in us was kind of a moment of like, wow this is something that's worth doing. Oh, that's huge. Actually, now that you say that, I do remember, because I follow Nikki Reed as well, and I do remember seeing, I don't know if you guys did a takeover of her account one day or whatever it was, but I, I saw the connection. How great is that? How do you even reach so many people? Like <laughs> I know, just yeah. posting on social media and hashtagging or? I think 
The best way that we've been able to connect with people is through our partnerships. Specifically, we work with an organization called Dirtbag Runners, and they have been able to elevate our reach on an international level because they have runners in every part of the world. And we did a run for the planet with them and have continued to do those biannually. And that's been an awesome way to get more people involved and raise money for environmental nonprofits. And it's just been a really cool way to also engage in community and have people start getting their friends involved and families involved. What is it called again? Dirtbag Runners. Dirtbag Runners. I have to, I'll have to look them up. Yeah. Um, and, and they do runs for the environment. Basically, they're a group that just encourages people to run and like showcases running specifically in a very not glamorous way. It's just sweating, getting it done, exercising. And so picking out trash kind of ties directly into that because it's the not so pretty aspect of running. There's a lot of trash in different natural areas, trails and stuff. So that tends to be an area that they focus on now, the environment and just keeping it clean. And so how big is Tuesdays for Trash now? Um, Tuesdays for Trash has eight chapters, going to be nine once I start the Tel Aviv chapter here soon. Our team has grown a lot. It used to be just Wanda and I, and now we have a bunch of interns that are helping us with miscellaneous things. They're all really passionate. They're young, mostly women as well, which is awesome. And we've had people in 20 countries pick up trash, and we're hoping that it just goes global and we continue to expand. What do you think inspires people to do this? I think it's the aspect of just immediate gratification. Like picking up trash, you see the immediate result once you do it. And it's kind of a way of therapy. I find it really therapeutic to go on walks and bring a trash bag with me and just pick up trash because like, it's obviously not my trash, but it's my planet and it's my environment and I'm in it every single day. And so being able to clean it and say that I was the one that cleaned it, like, is such a fulfilling aspect for me personally. And I know that the people that love doing it usually love doing it with their friends and their family because it's just a fun activity, especially when it was during quarantine. Like, it was a really good excuse to go outside and just do it in a safe way because you're wearing gloves and masks. So I think that was a really big factor. Tell me a little bit about yourself. It's kind of a big question. Do you have like a more narrow (laughs) way of... Well, did you ever think you'd start a global movement? (laughs) Oh, yeah. That definitely was not in my game plan, Uh, especially (laughs) not a year ago. I was... I went to school for accounting, did not even study environmentalism. So this definitely turned from a hobby into my life's work very quickly. And starting a movement wasn't ever in the cards for me because I'm not really someone who likes to be the face of things. I like working behind the scenes and doing the organizational and logistical side of things. So it's definitely an adjustment I've had to make. But I think it's been just the most incredibly gratifying experiences I've ever had. And it's happened in a very humbling way because I really appreciated the activists like Greta, even congresswomen like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, just the pressure, immense pressure that they feel in those positions, all the work that happens behind the scenes, the people that they have to navigate, like haters and everything. It's been a huge learning experience. Also in terms of networking, working with businesses, partnerships, I built our entire website. So that was a huge learning opportunity for me, running an organization. It's been really fun, challenging, but just super, 
it was a really great opportunity to build my skill set and be really proud of the things that I've accomplished. Do you guys have any experience with haters yourself? It's actually kind of funny. We had one instance where someone created a page called Wednesdays for Waste, and they went on our Instagram and started commenting like a lot of hateful things. Like it was a photo of Wanda's grandparents picking up trash, and they were like, "Oh, this sucks," or like whatever. And we're like, "It's her grandparents, like the cutest couple you've ever seen, picking up trash." And in their bio, it said, "Tuesdays for Trash sucks," like blah blah. We just blocked them. But it was kind of also a fulfilling moment for us, knowing that we're worthy of making an entire account just to bully us. Like, it was really funny. So we kind of took it as a moment of we've actually made it if now we have a hater who cares this much to try and lower us. <laughs> I absolutely love the way you look at it <laughs> from that perspective. So you started this when you were both, you and Wanda were both living in Portland. Now now you have since left. But I wanted to know, do you help organize the cleanups that take place outside of Portland? And I guess outside of now where you are living? So I do play a role in organizing the cleanups that happen outside of Portland and the respective areas that I'm in, just more managerial. We've created a lot of folders and resources for our different chapters to utilize so they can be very independent in doing so. And they kind of just send us emails to approve different things because obviously it's using our name and we want to make sure that it's not contributing to something that's negative or like harmful to communities. But most of the time, our chapter leads are very autonomous, which is awesome. And it's kind of something that like once you've done it once, you know how to do it again. And also organizing a trash cleanup is super easy. All you need is people, equipment, and the fun aspect. We love throwing in fun aspects like a theme or food just to make it even more exciting to get out in the community. Now, what do you say to people who feel like it's not their responsibility to pick up other people's trash? I think it's a very selfish mindset because just because it's not your trash doesn't mean it's not your planet. And it's also a very privileged mindset because there are people who are directly on the front lines who it's not their trash either, but it's affecting their way of life directly. There are communities out in the Pacific Ocean, islands that used to be able to fish and get their food from the oceans around them very easily. And now like their surrounding oceans are filled with trash and there's less fish. And so the food that they used to catch is not as prevalent and it's affecting their ability to survive. So you not picking up trash, even if it's not yours, is affecting someone. And I think that it's a very narrow mindset and doesn't account for the bigger picture and scope of the problem. What's the weirdest thing that you've picked up? <laughs> I I actually posed this question to our chapter in one of our meetings, and a lot of them have found just chicken breasts, like the food, just laying in their neighborhoods, just randomly, and it it just chicken breasts. Yeah, yeah, and okay. it happened. The fact that it happened in different states was very just astonishing to me. I haven't seen that yet, but it was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say that is one of the weirdest things I would see. It's very weird, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so with all the trash that you have been able to pick up, are you able to recycle any of it, or are you just relocating it to the dumpster? The, the hard thing about recycling the trash is that 
Usually if it's on the ground, it's too bent or like molded in a shape that isn't going to be accepted anymore for recycling programs. The also difficult part is that our recycling systems are so outdated that only 9% of the stuff that you send to the recycling actually gets recycled. So it kind of feels counterintuitive in that sense. Our DC chapter is definitely working on ways that they can like start bringing specific bags for recycling and trash and trying to mitigate things in that sense. But what we found is it's more of a challenge and it's often not super effective. But we are looking at working with programs that if we organize like a big cleanup, when we specifically tell our participants to look out for good plastics to put into a certain bag and give it to an organization, then it can be repurposed. I was reading on, I believe it was your website, about Senate Bill 14. Can you explain what Senate Bill 14 is? Yeah, Senate Bill 14 was a plastics bill in the Oregon Senate for this session that was trying to figure out a way to uh, make producers more responsible for the plastic that they create because oftentimes, like, companies will say that something's recyclable, but it, they haven't actually validified that aspect. And so then consumers just assume that they can recycle it, but then their programs don't actually recycle it or it doesn't actually, like, get recycled down the line because not every kind of plastic can be used. And so this bill would make producers directly responsible for that. And usually what that would mean is that the producers would start considering making their items out of more sustainable materials that will actually be able to be repurposed. And then it's uh, easier for the consumers to feel confident that what they're getting and what the label says is actually true. It didn't pass this session, but there was another bill, Senate Bill 582, with similar goals with recycling that did pass the session into the Ways and Means Committee. I haven't checked on it recently, but I'm very confident that something along those lines in terms of updating the recycling system, at least in Oregon, was passed this session, which is a really good step in the right direction. Definitely not as strong as we need it to be, but at least there is more attention being drawn to this cause. Yeah, you actually bring up a really great point in that so many things these days are labeled as recyclable, but depending on where you live, your municipality might not accept it. And so just as a side note for the listener, check with your municipality as to what is accepted. Because if you throw the wrong thing away into the recycling, it might contaminate the whole load. And so they'd have to throw out the whole thing. So that's just a... A good side note to to point out. So you recently moved to Israel, and Wanda is stepping down from the organization. What is the future for Tuesdays for Trash? Yeah, it's definitely, we've had some organizational shifts. And so I've kind of taken the main leadership role in the movement, and I plan to continue to be sort of the face, sort of the main point of contact for big things that we organize. But we've done a lot more delegating, some interns that are the chapter leads for our DC chapter, and we've onboarded some social media managers, just so it makes it easier as we continue to grow to be able to facilitate that growth. In the future, we're definitely hoping to reach prior future level organizing, so having chapters hopefully in every country, and being able to give them the autonomy to continue the mission of the movement while still just being on the back end of things and supporting as needed. And as I said, I'm hoping to start a Tel Aviv chapter here and just getting more communities involved, but 
our main goal is to kind of create like a set of resources that can just be given to anyone who is interested and then they know exactly like how to answer any question that they might have so that we don't have to be following up consistently but can rather monitor and encourage them to continue to organize for different events that we want to do worldwide. Tuesdays for Trash is almost, you could say it's your side hustle because you're working for another company that is happens to be related to trash as well. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So here I'm now a marketing intern for a company called UBQ Materials, and they actually turn household trash into a sustainable material. So like things that end up in the landfill are actually being taken out of there and applied to different materials that can now be recycled infinitely, and it tackles the waste issue directly. Wow. Okay. So were they pulling plastic out of the landfill and making different kinds of other plastic? Yeah. So they're definitely taking out plastics, like other organic material as well. And they've been able to turn it into things like hangers, trays, chairs, trash bins, like water bottles. Pretty much anything can be made out of this material. And they specifically partner with people like McDonald's and Mercedes-Benz. And it's super exciting because they're about to go international and get involved in a lot of industries and markets because obviously we have a huge single waste issue. So being able to utilize this material instead of plastic that's just freshly made is a really awesome alternative and definitely needed in the industry. Wow. So they're able to take trash from the landfill and give it a second life. Is this, are these products readily available to consumers? Yeah. So they have a few that are on the market right now, but it's more of like they work with manufacturers to produce these items and uh, you'll start seeing their logo. It's like a sunrise logo out in the markets and like consumer market pretty soon. I would give it a few months before it's really noticeable, but definitely, yeah, stay on the lookout. And I think that it's going to be something that's really positive for every community around the world. That's exciting to hear. What's the name again? UBQ Materials. So how can people start a chapter? How can they get involved in this whole movement? Yeah, the first step is picking up trash consistently every Tuesday because that's going to be something that the chapter promotes. So if you already have that into your daily routine, then it'd be super easy to like advertise and get more people involved. Second step is to send us an email requesting an interest and wanting to set up a meeting about it. And we have some information on our website about starting a chapter. It kind of walks through a how-to guide and everything that's required for it. And after that, we would just set up a meeting, discuss it, and you're good to go. Now, can just one or two people be a chapter? Yeah, our chapters usually work best when we have three people leading it. It's just what we've seen is easiest because then you can delegate roles and it doesn't get boring and no one feels like they're doing too much. And it's easy when one person can't make it to something that another person can take over. But we also have a lot of chapters that are led by one person and they also function really well. So any and everyone is welcome, however many you want to join. And it's just setting up an Instagram in your state so that people specific to your state can know when you're organizing events and start getting involved. And you can partner with different organizations in your state. The real benefit of leading a chapter is that you get this uh, notoriety just immediately from Tuesdays for Trash as an organization. You gain an entire community of people that are really passionate about the environment, wanting to do something. And we have a lot of opportunities that come up in terms of activism that we plug our 
chapters into. And so it's really awesome just way to grow in environmentalism and sustainability. In addition to picking up trash that you see, do you have any other ideas that you can suggest for what people can do? I think learning is a huge aspect because unfortunately, our educational system does a really poor job of educating communities on the climate. And in school, especially, it's just not emphasized to the scale that it needs to be. And so I think that the best way for people to continue this sort of activism after picking up trash is learning more about what the waste issue is, different organizations besides us that are tackling it because there's so many in this field. Also, just kind of becoming activists in their own right through the knowledge that they're learning and sharing it with their communities, talking about it at the dinner table. It's usually a taboo topic because it's so political these days, but I think it's really important to have those conversations and just kind of start bringing more awareness to the issue. So where can people find more information about Tuesdays for Trash? Tuesdays for Trash has a website. It's just TuesdaysforTrash.com. So if anyone wants to find more information, they can visit our website. We also have a lot of content on our Instagram and we post that weekly. And if there are any specific questions or if anyone wants to collaborate with us or become a partner our email is very open it's tuesdaysfortrash at gmail.com and we respond very quickly so those are the main ways to get in touch with us yeah Sharona this has been great congratulations on your success on this movement thank you for all that you're doing you're making a difference thank you thank you this has been awesome Studies are showing that the amount of trash ending up in the ocean is drastically greater than what we once realized. This has far-reaching implications on livelihoods, wildlife, and ecosystems, as does trash on the land. Carry your trash with you until you find a place to properly dispose of it. Be conscious of your stuff on windy days at the beach or at picnics. Consider even hosting a friendly competition with your kids as to who can pick up the most trash on a walk. Every piece of litter prevented or collected is one less eyesore and one less potential hazard for the environment. Don't forget to go to forcesfornature.com and sign up to receive emailed show notes, action tips, and a free guide to help you start taking practical actions today. Do you know someone else who would enjoy this episode? I would be so grateful if you would share it with them. Hit me up on Instagram and Facebook and let me know what actions you have been taking. Adopting just one habit can be a game changer, because imagine if a million people also adopted that. What difference for the world are you going to make today?